so the headline here from uh, Teslarati, uh, this is a Tesla fan club, says Twitter refuses Elon Musk's renewed bid of $44 billion. Twitter is refusing to accept his bid for the social media company, according to a report from the Associated Press, citing Musk's attorneys. When I saw this, you know, um, they talk about Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and many, many other people who became billionaires out of PayPal. And they call them the PayPal Mafia. Peter Thiel is called the godfather of the PayPal Mafia. Now, not Elon Musk. Elon Musk made them an offer that they did refuse. <laughs> so he should have gotten Thiel to do it. Uh, but uh, he did it himself, and they did refuse it. If you don't follow that very narrow, single narrative from the government, then uh, you get kicked off of Twitter. So we know where that is coming from, don't we? And, of course, at the end of the week last week, Peter McCullough uh, was the final one, and Steve Kirsch, who's already been suspended as well, uh, said, Welcome to Twitter heaven, Dr. McCullough. We've been expecting you. <laughs> Here you have uh, a uh, unbelievably qualified doctor, and uh, Twitter knows better. Twitter knows best, doesn't it? Yeah, they're going to censor what this doctor has to say about all this stuff. Myriad smaller accounts have met the same fate for committing such thought crimes as suggesting that the myocarditis risk of both mRNA vaccines outstrips any benefit, of course. And this is, uh, by the way, it's on Brownstone Institute, but it's Robert Kogan who wrote the article. Uh, and that's another censorship thing that happened. We had the um, Surgeon General of the state of Florida, a good guy who told the truth about how uh, uh, heart issues and heart attacks had gone up by 84% in young males, 18 to 35. And when the Attorney General of the state of Florida put that information out, Twitter suspended him. Twitter suspended him. So um, they subsequently reversed that. But you understand what's going on here. So he says, why in the world would Twitter censor such content? He says, um, are they censoring of their own accord? Well, that would invariably elicit, uh, well, they're private company, so they can do what they want. That's the thing that I've been talking about. No, uh, they don't have superior rights to us. And if you go down that path, eventually what happens is they actually start stealing your money without any due process as well. We cannot give uh, to private corporations the ability to take away our rights Government shouldn't have that capability. As a matter of fact, government needs to proactively stop them from doing that, the same way they'd stop any kind of theft. But he says, it begs the question, why would they want to do this? And so that's what this article is about. What is their motive? Yeah, they're doing it. Why? Why? He said, well, you could say that all these people in Silicon Valley are just leftists and liberals. And he goes, in any case, the purpose of a private for-profit corporation is needless to say to make a profit. And this was something that people were struggling with four years ago when it happened. Why would they be deplatforming some of their biggest accounts? Because that's going to hurt them financially. And the more they purge people, the more they shadow ban people, the more it hurts their business model. Well, that was before it became open about openly known what was going on with ESG, environmental societal governance. 
And these people are key to the governance part of it. The environmental and the social aspects of it are the goals and the purposes. The governance part of it is running through the corporations. Now, that's not the way that, um, that's not the way that this author sees it, Robert Kogan. He doesn't see it that way. And, uh, but that's the way that I see it. I believe that that is key. Uh, there is another factor, though, that he mentions here, and that is the involvement of the European Union. And it's very real. You have to understand that I think all of these things are in play. It's not just one or the other. That's why it is, is moving so rapidly and, um, and so comprehensively. And uh, that is part of what ESG is about. Uh, you also have with ESG, you have BlackRock and these other companies that are financially blackmailing them, and they are also working uh, with all this. It's the whole difference between an economy that operates as, as we think in terms of trying to please shareholders, and they move from the shareholder model to the stakeholder model. How are you going to have a stake in the new world that they're creating? Well, you do what they tell you to do. And then they'll give you a stake in the new world. Other than that, you're going to be on the outside like everybody else. And it's that kind of implied threat, that kind of covert threat, covert from the standpoint that the public doesn't see it, the backroom threats. Uh, you will uh, take the st stakeholder model and do what we say. You know, it's, it's essentially, this has all been done in China uh, where, you know, the, the government has a stake in every particular, every company. And uh, you got to pay these guys off. It's just corruption. It's crony capitalism. It's corruption. Uh, you call it whatever you want. But all of those things are the same thing. Crony capitalism, just outright political corruption, stakeholder capitalism, ESG, those are just new prevarications of a very old process. You pay, you do what the politicians say and you get rewarded. Otherwise they shut you down. It's just like, it's just a protection racket. They will protect you. They'll put you in the club or otherwise you're going to be outside the club. And so it is that corruption aspect of it. Sometimes it is direct and above board. Sometimes it is implied. Sometimes it is being it is financial pressure that's being put on by the government or even by the big stakeholders like BlackRock or shareholders, I should say, uh, you know, buying up their stock <clears throat> and then putting this kind of pressure on them. But then there's another aspect, which is what this Brownstone article is about. I don't think it's the only thing involved, but it's another aspect of this. And it's why this is all moving so quickly because there's so many tentacles coming from Hydra to make this happen. What Twitter is doing by censoring is precisely subverting its own business model. He says it doesn't make any sense from a business standpoint, if you don't understand ESG and stakeholder things, uh, they're undermining profitability. They're putting downward pressure on their share price. There's no way that Twitter could possibly want to censor COVID dissident voices. Except the problem that he doesn't see here is that ESG, environmental societal governance, and the stakeholder thing, that really does offer a much bigger reward than anything they can get in a competitive free market because we're moving into a Marxist fascist state. And in that kind of Marxist fascist economy, as we've seen in China, doing what the government wants 
is the path to profit. It's not about finding out what people want and providing them the best quality products and services at the lowest possible price. That model doesn't work anymore when you have a Marxist, fascist, corrupt government. Anyway, so he says there's been a lot of talk recently about Biden and uh, what he's doing. He says, but uh, it's not Biden, it's the EU. Well, it is Biden, but it is also the EU. What is going on with the EU? The EU's Digital Services Act, the DSA, uh, just passed by the European Parliament in July. He said the DSA gives the European Commission the power to impose fines of up to 6% of global turnover on, quote, very large online platforms or very large online search engines. It's massive in terms of what it could impose on them in terms of a fine. If they find that you are non-compliant with their censorship requirements. So it's the European Union that is pushing the censorship with a threat of massive fines as well now. So um, the DSA has been designed to function in combination with the EU's so-called code of practice on disinformation. That's a thing. Code of practice on disinformation. An ostensibly voluntary code for, quote, combating disinformation, also known as censoring, that was originally launched in 2018 and of which uh, Twitter, Facebook, Meta, and Google, YouTube, all of them are part of that. So uh, he says, make no mistake about it, Twitter censorship is government censorship, but the government in question is not so much the U.S. government, but rather the European Union. And the EU is, in effect, imposing its censorship on the entire world. And, um, yeah, it is, um, it is coming from, it is overtly done by the EU. And of course there's backroom pressure from, uh, from the U S as well. And that's the problem is that for the most part, they are in lockstep because it is a global agenda in terms of what they want to censor. You know, they want to censor anything about COVID. They want to censor any disagreement about climate and so forth. So they're in unison on that. They're even in unison on the war in Ukraine. But if they disagree, you'll wind up getting both of them, and they're not going to, you know, it's not that one of them is going to want to have some free information somewhere. Uh, they just might have uh, something that they want censored in the EU uh, that uh, the U.S. doesn't care about or vice versa, but you'll get both. Those hoping that Musk's buying Twitter, if it does indeed come to pass, will put an end to Twitter censorship, are going to be in for a rude awakening. Uh, he says, uh, if there's any doubt about it, he says, uh, watch this video that despite the forced smiles has indeed something of the feel of a hostage video. In early May, just a couple of weeks after Twitter accepted Musk's original purchase, uh, before, before, remember they passed this DSA in July. So in May, uh, it was a few weeks after, um, you know, he, they accepted uh, the fact that he was going to buy Twitter. Uh, the European Parliament uh, sent this guy over, and uh, he was bragging about it. And uh, he was the one who posted this video. And look at the way, Elon, if you see this video, the body language is, is horrific enough. But you can even hear it if you don't see the video, if you're just listening to this. How he kowtowed 
to the intimidation from this EU bureaucrat. So we are in, uh, in, in Austin together with, uh, with uh, Elon Musk. Thank you very much, Elon, for welcoming me. Thank you. Most welcome. And uh, of course, uh, we discussed many issues and, uh, and uh, I was happy to, to be able to explain to you the DSA, uh, yes. a new regulation in Europe. And I think that uh, now you understand very well. It yeah. fits pretty well with what you think we should do on a platform. No, I think it's exactly aligned with my thinking. I think I very much agree with. Uh, it's been a great discussion, and um, I, I really think uh, I agree with everything you said. Really, uh, I think we're very much of the same mind. And um, whatever you say, and, uh, I'll do whatever you say. I think just uh, anything that uh, yeah. You know, my companies can do that would be beneficial to Europe. We want to do that. I just want to say. No, thank you very much. That's a, again a good example. Then, uh, when we we see that it could be some differences, especially when from the digital space, the best is to come and discuss. This is what we did, and I'm happy to see that we are live. Sounds sounds good. Thank you very much. Thank you very thank much. You. All right. Okay. It's so important for our digital for our citizens, you know, to to protect them digitally. Uh, to uh, protect them from seeing anything that, you know, in the just as we saw in Fahrenheit 451, anything that might get them upset. You know, they can't have a life with these types of things. They, they're not going to have any freedom. So why get them upset about that? They're not going to have any choices. So why trouble them with the idea that there could be some different alternative path to their health or to anything else in their life than what we have decided that they're going to do? Let's not trouble them with those options. Let's just censor all that information. And Elon Musk is like, yes, yes, we'll do whatever you say. The Common Man. They created Common Core to dumb down our children. They created Common Past to track and control us. Their Commons Project to make sure the commoners own nothing and the communist future. They see the common man as simple, unsophisticated, ordinary. But each of us has worth and dignity created in the image of God. That is what we have in common. That is what they want to take away. Their most powerful weapons are isolation, deception, intimidation. They desire to know everything about us while they hide everything from us. It's time to turn that around and expose what they want to hide. Please share the information and links you'll find at thedavidnightshow.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers. thedavidnightshow.com.